0: Anakin, this wasn't a mistake. He brought us here for a reason. We must not get
1: involved. Any conflict here could have dramatic repercussions for the universe at large. I don't care. He's too powerful for Ahsoka. I won't leave her alone. We are in the middle of something we don't truly understand. We'd be wise to confer with the Father first. There's no time. This is what he wants. To divide us. It's my fault he took her! You must feel how strong this part of the planet is with the dark side. The father will know what to do. He can't help us. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists! So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to Send in the Clones! In this episode! Still trying to escape as Ahsoka gets kidnapped by a powerful dark side being known as Sun! So Anakin and Obi-Wan enlist the help of father and daughter to recover Ahsoka, but not before a deadly turn of events! Hey troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of The Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of The Clone Wars, he's the Obi-Wan to my Anakin. It's your trusty pal Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And we are going to talk about the 60th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 16, Altar of Mortis. So, Robbie, how about we get this show on the road with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week.
0: This one, uh, as I'd said in the, in the previous episode, these three I kind of view as one big story, so it's kind of hard to separate them. Although, I enjoy this arc greatly, so (laughs) I was just excited to get through it again, and I knew that there were some things that in this episode that I knew were were going to happen. The death of the daughter, the fight between the son and the daughter. I mean, I knew all that stuff was going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I was just just excited to watch it again. This is some really, really deep Star Wars lore that I just... I love this stuff.
1: Did you remember that creepy rat thing, Robbie? Because I think... When we get to the end of the series, and I think back to the motorcycle, I think one of the things that I'm going to remember from this episode, maybe the most memorable thing, is that creepy goblin rat thing. That thing is the stuff of nightmares, Robbie. You can lock me in a room with Savage, lock me in a room with Grievous, lock me in a room with Ventress. Actually, I might not mind being locked in a room with... You know what I'm saying, though, right? (laughs) This goblin rat man thing... Is more creepy than anything else in the show, and there is another creepy moment that we'll get to when Ahsoka goes all bonkers and has that like creepy possessed doll thing. It was also super creepy, but that goblin rat man ver- that the sun sort of I guess is embodying. Did you did you remember that? Because I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. I mean, I vaguely remembered it,
0: but I guess I just don't find it that creepy. Ah, uh, oh, are you kidding me? Yes, that's that's really interesting. That you know that creeps you out that much. That's funny.
1: You want to be tied up and you can't move. And that goblin thing is like whispering, like the voice is part of it. The voice is so amazingly creepy. I mean, that thing is, that was, uh, you know, there's a reason I've gone straight to it because coming out of the episode, that is the thing that has stuck with me the most. I mean, I guess it's one of those things where I really didn't enjoy that scene because of how disturbing it was. But on the other hand, That means it was a really well done scene, so You know, part of me wants to say, no, bad episode, bad episode for doing that to me. But on the other hand, that was intentional. And so that's got to be a big tick for the episode in a way that, you know, I hope we don't get too many more of that kind of big tick. But one of the other things I think I'm going to remember, and this is something you didn't mention and what you remembered about this episode, is that of all the lightsaber jewels I expected to see in the Clone Wars, I didn't expect to see Anakin versus Ahsoka. Or maybe I guess I should expect to see that. It's... Maybe that could happen somewhere down the line, you know, given that, I mean, we know there's a Revenge of the Sith coming up and who knows what happens between now and then. But I wasn't expecting in the middle of season three to see Anakin fighting Ahsoka. And obviously there's a particular reason for that. As we already mentioned, she goes into possessed doll mode sort of thing. But as if that wasn't dramatic enough, Obi-Wan joins the fun. And then he also seems to be having so much fun he forgets he has a magical sword until Anakin snaps him out of it. But meanwhile... The daughter and the son are throwing down in the castle, both in kind of humanish form and then in beast form. So it's something that the show has done before where there are two separate battles happening at the same time. And it's really, apart from, I guess, the very last scene when obviously the daughter goes out, it's like the centerpiece of the episode, I think. So how did you like seeing this two-way battle? I mean, Anakin and Obi-Wan versus Ahsoka, how did you like seeing that for, I guess, your third time? Or have you, this being one of your favorite arcs, maybe I should have asked this, have you seen these episodes more than that a couple of times before.
0: I mean, I don't know for sure. I wouldn't have put that past me, but I can't remember specifically watching these episodes more than that. But yeah, this is, uh... I just love it because there's that... I mean, I guess maybe it's it's sort of a classic trope, right? You know, somebody gets taken over and you've got to fight your friend. Gosh, I mean, you could say that about that Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, in episode three and, and beyond, but I just, uh... Yeah, I just really, really like that dynamic, you know, being able to, to see, you know, not only Ahsoka fight with two lightsabers against two Jedi, but I mean, to me, this whole arc is just, there's it's so full of, to me, fun moments, some friendly faces, or, you know, friendly faces from the past, like seeing Qui-Gon again and in the last episode, and then there's all of this lore, you know, that just keeps me coming back, so, I mean, this is this is great stuff.
1: Right, and you mentioned the trope there of the sort of creepy, possessed doll thing. I ended up thinking quite a bit about tropes after this episode because it, we've talked a bunch as we've journeyed through this series so far about how deftly the show has adapted these familiar types of stories, especially with episodes like Cat and Mouse and Landing at Point Rain, Holocron Heist, and especially Rookies and Cadets. And there was the episodes based on the alien films and the episodes based on Godzilla and King Kong, right? all of And those all pretty much worked a treat for me and there've also been other episodes in which that trick hasn't worked as well and they are fewer and further between and the only one I can really think of now is Bounty Hunters which you were more of a fan of than I was but however much I might have dinged Bounty Hunters that episode at least felt 1138% like Star Wars to me and I kind of hoped after the previous episode that this wouldn't happen but I have to report and I'm glad that you love this because it seems like we might be about to get a bit of, uh, you know, you're going to defend the episode (laughs) against me having a bunch of questions about the episode, but I just have to report that "Altar of Mortis is the first episode which didn't really feel like Star Wars to me. And I know the idea is that this is supposed to expand beyond what we already knew about Star Wars, so in some ways... It's not supposed to feel like Star Wars. It's supposed to feel like an extension and we're supposed to get new things from it. But I think that, I mean, going back to the trope thing, this feels a lot like a fairly generic kind of fantasy story type thing that I, that feels super familiar and almost derivative. And so it, in a lot of ways, it felt less expansive to me and almost more regressive because it's giving human form to things that in the past were just ideas or philosophies like the light side and the dark side and when you put those things into human form it doesn't expand those ideas or enrich them for me it sort of simplifies them and maybe oversimplifies them into ideas that are less compelling to me than what was there before does any of that make sense or am I just rambling talking a bunch of rambling nonsense now?
0: No I think it does make sense I mean you can definitely argue that and I can see your point of view there because it's as you're saying it's almost like uh, as a regular humans, you know, we deal with that kind of stuff all the time. We have good thoughts and we have bad thoughts. And our hope is that we can sort of coexist and not you know, be terrible to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's that's, a that's, good hope. that's the goal. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think the overall arc, there's definitely some lessons to be learned. There's gonna be people that probably agree, you know, with you on what you're saying, is that it oversimplifies this conflict right and it right. but then in a way i think this is what lucas has been trying to get across all along you know and we also have to remember that this is a show that is being presented to kids even though sure. we're enjoying it so and i think in a way it's uh i can almost say that for i guess for adults watching it it may seem o- oversimplified but i mean for me to not not as a child you know if you if you view, view this as someone that's not as uh you know, experienced and, and in the world and as, uh, you know, w- well, just worldly. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. But I guess that for me, I just appreciate the the ideas that are being here. And I have to say, I think, and I mean, I hate to say this <laughs> because it's it sort of, it almost seems like, a, it might seem like a cop out at this point for, you know, at least for you. <laughs> but. Sure. I'll allow it. This makes sense a lot more when you get toward the end of the Clone Wars. There are some episodes that are to come, and I'm talking about way in the future, that almost take this this idea of Mortis and the idea of the dark side and the light side, and it does expand it, but it in the same way that to me the Clone Wars series fills out the rest of the saga, these episodes that come up further, you know, extend the Mortis arc too. And they work in tandem together. Right. So if you if you have any of those reservations, just, just say, okay, well, you know, I'll just, maybe just let it stew some more and all that stuff. And hopefully by the end of the, the series and then into Rebels, some of these reservations you have might not seem as big of a deal. I'll just say that.
1: I think part of the issue is that at this point, at least, you know, two episodes into the arc, I just haven't found either the father or the daughter or the son to be compelling characters or even kind of characters at all. And I still don't, I guess, really know what they are. I mean, are they even a real thing? Is this whole thing gonna turn out to be a big old dream sequence or, or what? I don't know, but obviously at the end of this one, we lose the daughter and it's played a little bit as an emotional moment. And I noticed that I felt nothing because the daughter is much more of an idea than a character and so it felt like while they kind of made these personifications of these parts of the force they didn't actually turn her into an actual person for me and so it felt i guess undercooked and you know the father as well a lot of the things that he's saying and that the daughter's saying and the son's saying they don't feel that new or fresh to me and I, I mean I think if the idea is that these are supposed to be new ideas and are supposed to expand what I know about the force and whatever they feel too much like just ideas from other fantasy things to really have i mean being as expansive as as i guess i wanted them to be and so yeah i had i've got to live in that hope that when i get to these other episodes that you're talking about it's all going to click into place but from that point of view of thinking of the father and the daughter and the son as actual characters did they ever actually i guess come to life for you so to speak as characters
0: no, and when you talk about it that way, I can definitely see what you're saying. Because they're not fully fleshed characters with motivations and hopes and dreams and all that. They're sort of beyond that. And I'm not giving anything away. It's just that's how I view them. I view them as they are manifestations of the Force. So yeah, when you view them that way, they can probably be a little overly simplistic. But as I said, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's so tough for me to explain without... Ruining, sure. what, what's to come? Yeah,
1: you're in a tough spot. You know, I'm putting you in a tough spot here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can only hope that it will make sense later. You know what I mean? I just know that from my point of view, the amount of care taken to try to get these points across, and in even a base level way, is like wow. You know, for a kid show, there's some. I think, to me, at least to me, there's some there's some heavy elements here. You know, there's some uh, there's some big ideas here. But I totally get what you're saying, that, that that comes at the expense of being able to identify with characters that are only this and only that. You know? I get it. I totally get it. I just I, I just hope it makes sense later. <laughs> That's all I can
1: say. <laughs> yeah. Me too, Robbie. So do I, because, you know, I mean, this is this kind of episode where I have to try and break down why something doesn't work for me I mean you know I go into every episode why I mean every film every tv show I ever watch every song I ever listen to every piece of art that I encounter I go into it wanting to love it and wanting to be moved by it and wanting to be completely engaged by it so when it doesn't and I have to break it down and knowing that there are people I mean you know, like yourself, and there'll be a ton of other people that love this stuff. It's not that much fun to talk about why it doesn't work for me, but, you know, we've just got to be honest about how we hit these things. But as much as I say that these three characters don't ever really become, I guess, full characters to me, the son is the one who gets closest. And while there are things like him promising to bring peace to the universe if he joins him and it's all the same old sweet nothings we've heard 1138 times before you know and he's not that great a dude he's kind of a spoiled brat you know or as I've written down here a spoiled bat winged (laughs) creature because that's how I amuse myself (laughs) but he does have this one fun moment that I've noted down when the daughter confronts him about attacking their old man and he tosses off kind of flippantly in his kind of soft posh voice he is just so selfish, and was taking too long to die, and he just throws... The way he just kind of tosses off this, and was taking too long to die was a welcome bit of actual personality, and it was a thing for me to grab onto and hope that there is somewhere for this to go, at least for this one character, the son who, you know, like I've said, he turns into that creepy rat thing. He's he is an effective villain because you know i really want to see him defeated really bad so for whatever i might think this episode for i think while the son doesn't really ever feel fully fleshed out he is an effective antagonist and i definitely give a points for that how did you how did you enjoy the son and his i guess what there is of his personality robbie i mean it's sam whitworth so
0: i'm gonna enjoy it uh (laughs) One of the things that I read about his portrayal of the character was that he was taking elements from other Sith Lords. You know, this, even some of the ways that, that he says some words sound like they could come from the Emperor.
1: We'll talk a little bit about Sam Witwer here, because... You have much more of a relationship with him than I do, and I've listened to interviews to this guy. You know, like I said, I've listened to a million Star Wars podcasts. I know who Sam Witwer is, but not having watched all of this series and not having watched Rebels, I don't have the same relationship with Sam Witwer that you or the other veterans do.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was—he uh, played uh, Starkiller in uh, the Force Unleashed game, and it was actually he was actually modeled after him, right? Okay. So, I mean, when you're playing that game, you're playing. Sam Witwer, right, basically, right. the the model of Sam
1: Witwer. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, which was, I mean, that must have been amazing if you think back. I mean, that's sort of a new, or it was a new thing back then, you know, when, when that came out. Now, I didn't enjoy that game because it was, well, it, it fell into the same trappings that I've talked about before where, you know, they turned Jedi into superheroes and right. I just don't enjoy that. I mean, I guess the, the game was fun to on a certain element, but anyway. I'll just say that Sam Witwer goes on to play some interesting characters in, uh, in the Clone Wars. And, uh, let's see, Rebels and... Gosh, I don't, I don't know what Holly's voice He's voiced a ton of characters in this series and future series, at least from this point. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy his portrayal here. I mean, it may not be as memorable as some of his other characters, but I still enjoy what he does here. And, I mean, I, I'd like the character on like you said it's almost a base level you know there's not a whole lot of depth to these characters and i will admit that but like i said i I enjoyed the the meanings behind the episodes almost more than the characters
1: yeah whatever issues i had with the character if the episode in general was not that performance that's another plus that i'll give this episode And speaking of pluses we give this episode, Robbie, we want to talk about our favorite shots of the episode. And you go first, because I don't want to steal yours on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them in this episode. Um, In fact, in all three of these, to me, my favorite one is almost more... I mean, it's my favorite shot because because of the meaning behind it, not so much the beauty of it. There's a shot of the son and daughter fighting and the father behind sort of behind the action in the background. And I just really like the framing of it. Um, And of course, like I said, it's it's more about the meaning of that shot, of that battle, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, I should probably choose one of the super effective shots of the creepy son in his creepy goblin rat form <laughs> kind of terrorizing ahsoka or even one of the other very effective shots of ahsoka in a possessed dull state but i don't really want to remember those shots i don't want to think of, think about those shots again right now so i'm gonna pick a, a simpler one i'm gonna pick the one that's kind of over the old man's shoulder his daughter's just died and ahsoka is back up and on her feet i mean I so seeing ahsoka there lying there and we i mean i was pretty sure that she wasn't going to die in this episode, but still it was disturbing man, seeing her there with her eyes rolled back in and that was, no one wants to see that especially those of us who love Ahsoka but the shot of the episode was just that simple one, looking over the old man's shoulder and he's looking up and we're looking up at Anakin, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and that big old tower in the background and the lightning strikes, and that was a super evocative shot, and quite a beautiful shot and so that was my favourite shot of the episode and now it's time to sum up Altar of Mortis Robbie, and find out where it sits on that four star Robbie scale.
0: Well, for me, this one's not quite as good as the last one, but it's still really good. And there's still some really, really interesting ideas presented here. So for me, this one is a three and a half out of four.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise that my rating is going to be a little bit lower in this one. And I, I don't want to rehash the issues I had with the episode, but I will say that I did dig... That we got to see Ahsoka looking all terrifying while possessed by the dark side and Ahsoka throwing down with Anakin. Something I didn't expect to see in season 3 of this show. It wasn't really fun to see while it was happening, but you know, that was intentional, so I gotta give the episode points for being effective on that count. I gotta count that as a win for the episode, as was obviously. I mean, I'm probably becoming too super repetitive at this point that goblin rat son <laughs> trick that was not a good trick that was me <laughs> that thing's gonna stick with me and even going back to the start of the episode that aerial kidnap scene where the sun turns up and takes Ahsoka that was a really effectively told piece of nightmarish cinematic horror storytelling I mean you feel from Ahsoka's point of view I mean we talked about the horror of being carried away by a flying creature when we did landing at Point Rain, right? And those G oceans are carrying away clone troopers. That is a terrifying, terrifying thing, a nightmarish thing. And it's very well handled again here from Ahsoka's point of view. And we also get the nightmare from Anakin's point of view. He's seeing his Padawan getting carried away by this thing and he's helpless to stop it. And so it's almost like a dual nightmare. So while I've been hard on some aspects of this episode, there are definitely enough positives to raise Ultra of Mortis up above that sort of 5 out of 10 threshold to sit at 6 lightsaber duels between a padawan and a master or actually two masters out of ten so far from a favorite episode certainly but also certainly not a total lost cause and that is mission accomplished for season 3 episode 16 altar of mortis so Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to call in I mean send any sort of audio file or write in and tell me I'm wrong tell me why I'm wrong tell me what I'm not getting how can they reach us
0: sure we are bucho and robbie at gmail twitter and instagram
1: that's b-u-c-h-o-a-n-d-r-o-b-b-y yes sir and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 61st episode in the starwars.com clone wars chronology and if my calculations are correct given that we're going to 121 episodes i think halfway through episode 61 must be halfway through the Existing series, right? Uh-huh. At least till we get to 17. So we're coming up on that, Robbie. We're coming up on season three, episode 17 Ghosts of Mortis. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a
0: text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.